Welcome to a very special episode 59 of the Two in the Authors podcast with me, David B. Lyons. And me, Robert Enright. And on today's show, David and I will be announcing the winners of the inaugural Two Independent Authors Awards. That's right. We will be handing out gongs under the following categories of best blurb, best book cover, best branding, and best website. And that's before we announce, David, the first winner of the two indie authors indie author of the year award very excited for this uh, as you can probably tell but before we get into that before we celebrate these incredible authors i'm going to celebrate another incredible author in yourself and ask you what has the last week been like for you my friend cool uh yeah i'm looking forward to this episode but we've been planning for this episode of course rob and i uh, we have been um shortlisting and then even shorter listing and then getting it down mm-hmm. to one in each category so we, we're really looking forward to announcing these winners over the over the course of this show um on a personal level i have been digging away at my next novella so trying to get as many words down before christmas i've only mm-hmm. i'm off to dublin now um this afternoon i'll be there for about six or seven days just have an irish christmas and yeah. then when I come back, I'll only have three more days before I break up for Christmas. So there's not much left on the meat of 2023 for me. So I'm trying to get as many words as I can on the next novella, which is due in March, down as possible. I thought if I could get 10,000 words before Christmas, that would be great. Mm, I'd probably end up with about seven or 8,000, Rob, to be honest. That's um, really depend- good. Depends on how many I get done today before I head off to the airport um, in fruit. So, yeah, I've been chipping away at that in the past week. I've also been uh, working on my screenplays um, because that that's all coming to a head in January. There's, there's two meetings penciled in for January. So that's another sort of, um, it, that that's a big lane that I've been focusing on over the past uh, couple of weeks. We are also uh, planning, you and I, for next week's show after we announce our winners because next week, which is our final episode of 2023, Rob, uh, you and I will be detailing how our year has been as independent authors. So a bit like this segment of the show, the week that was, next week's show will be a whole hour on the year that was. So um, yeah, I've I've turned out my ads, Rob. I think I said that to you on Facebook. I'm running running a lot of Alex ads. That's Alex, my Alex Ferguson biography. That works a treat this time every year. That pays for um, December Mm. for me and beyond. So my... Facebook ads were slogging in November. They didn't really improve in the first week in December. So I shut them off last week. And I am now sort of relying on a little bit of uh, social media to, you know, keep up with my uh-huh. readers. And a bit like we're doing on the show, I'm talking about the year that was with my readers. So through my email and my social media, I'm talking about ta- asking readers very simple questions. What's the best book you read this year? What's the best movie? you watch this year, just a little roundup to sort of communicate with them and, 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 and let them know I'm wishing them a Merry Christmas and, and, a, and mm. a, a brand, a, a new year heading into 2024. Uh, what have you done? 
Um, I finished uh, the draft of my Sam Pope book. Right. Um, yeah, book 13 in that series now. Um, that, wow. So that went off to, to Emma uh, at the weekend. So it's been quite a nice week. Like I said, we're kind of on the wind down towards Christmas. And one of the wonderful things about, you know, the freedom that this job gives you um, is I dictate my own working hours, really. And yeah. so um, this week, I've kind of more focused on just getting all my admin done. So everything's sort of all in a row for 2024. Um, right, yeah. So I don't really need to focus on anything in the new year apart from writing, which is, you know, a good thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a big back catalogue of books proofread, reproofed because there was errors in there. And I got a new proof proofreader, I think at about book nine in the series. So he's actually been going back over the previous eight and proofing them for right. me. And I've been steadily going through them. So I ticked the final two of those off this week. Um, and they've all been re-uploaded. So, you know, the nice. books are even cleaner now, uh, which is good. And uh, just a couple of little, like, personal little, well, hey, moments. Um, the second Jack Townsend book is pretty much at the same number of pre-orders as the first one was really? within, nice. like, a few weeks of it being launched, which is um, pretty cool. And then the other one, as I put a post on my social media, on my Facebook, and on my my personal Instagram. So if if listeners aren't following me on there, by all means do. But if not, at least go and check out this post because um, this week um, there's a new Reacher series coming to Prime. That's right, yeah. Um, and I think it's based on a book called like Bad Luck and Trouble, um, which I think is book 11 in the in the Reacher series. And I put this social media post up where I just talked, I spoke quite open and honestly about how, you know, most days I get, you know, probably once or twice a month, I'll get a comment from someone saying, well, you're nothing like Jack Reacher. Well, look yeah. at this guy comparing himself to a real author. Oh, and then yeah. I just made the point that, you know, I don't have a hundred million plus budgeted TV series coming out on the, you know, on on the biggest company in the planet i don't yeah. have millions of pounds in publishing behind me i don't have a marketing team i don't have this i don't have that however i did have a book that was ahead of the book that that tv series was based on and i've got like an image of my book the night shift number one and the lee child book at number two Benny. and it was just the response i've had to that post has been really really positive but it's Love just it. like a, as a personal thing it's like you know what that's competing with literally the biggest author in my genre. Yeah. With the book, that's getting this massive TV show. And it just kind of goes to show, you know, A, for me personally, how far I've come in the last few years, but also what is possible. You know, like we can, yeah, you, you get it. everything right. You get everything kind of ticking over properly in the right direction. As an independent author, you can sit alongside those authors. And it was just a wonderful feeling. So I thought I'd share that because uh, it felt great. Two in the authors. Oh, David, it's time for the awards. Um, nice. As you can tell, I'm very excited about this. This was a, an idea you and I came up with, I'd say, before the summer. Um, yeah. When we, we met up one day, we were having lunch together, and we said that this would be a really good way to kind of cap off every year of the podcast um by celebrating the authors who have who have joined us um 
before we obviously we go into it and start announcing these awards beyond just obviously the categories that we're celebrating what, what do you think these awards like represent and um, you know why we're so excited about announcing them yeah we are excited and i think we have a right to be excited and again this is one of those very easy ideas that ended up being a bit more than the sum of its parts. Uh, you and I mm. were sharing a, a lovely lunch uh, one day and it just popped into our heads and we thought, that's that's such a good idea. <laughs> um, but the reason I think it's a good idea is because, and we've often spoke about this on this show, it's, it's been a, a running theme of, of the isolation of mm. being an author. So it's, it's normally just you and a laptop, that's your relationship. Um, but th- this sort of, brings the collaborative nature to independent authoring where which is something rob you and i really want to celebrate in fact we we we, we are hoping to bring a lot of authors together i think this coming spring in in 2024 so that's a big part of it let's celebrate the indies because nobody celebrates them and of course we 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 see all these book awards towards the end of the year that are are just reserved for published authors only um, and even at that it's published orders with the elite publishers mm-hmm. only when when you look at who wins these awards and who's nominated so you and i i think it was last may or something it's at least six maybe seven or eight months ago rob we conceived this idea and we were looking forward to november until sure. we could narrow down the uh, long lists to a short list and today we're going to celebrate in these in the best way and we're going to celebrate the best at the best categories and, mm-hmm. and and particularly the categories that you and i preach that we have to get right all the time now we're yeah. going to announce winners and individual winners in each of these categories but at large the tia independent author awards celebrate the community as a whole yeah i think it's they said it was but as soon as the idea clicked for us we both kind of looked at each other like oh like because yes. oh, you're right people don't shine a light as much as they should on independent authors um True. especially when there's some independent authors who are just far out stripping anything major yeah. authors or major publishers are doing absolutely and although you know we might not have those authors in these shortlists because they haven't you know they haven't come and joined us on the seven questions it's worth us celebrating the incredible authors who did, you know, come and join us. And, you know, the ones that we've highlighted here are, they're the ones who are knocking it out of the park with the things that you said that we preach about all the time. So, yeah, uh, I think it's, it's, it's been so much fun. I do want to give a shout out to anyone who's disappointed that they weren't nominated. Please don't take it personally. Oh, there was... It was a long old chat David and I had to have to to even narrow down the shortlist because our long lists were were way too long. Um, but also, if if you are looking at and think like, oh, how come I didn't get nominated? We've gone through all the shortlist a couple of episodes ago um, of who we, who we selected. There's four four people nominated for each award, um, and if if you're wondering why, go back and listen to the episode and then go check out the branding the website the covers the blurbs of the people that we shortlisted because they're the people who are absolutely nailing it so yeah really excited for this david shall we start with the first award looking forward to it fantastic so our first award is going to be for best 
branding. So um, our four nominees were uh, Adrian Cousins, F.D. Lee, Stephen Taylor and Mark Wells. Um, some absolutely incredible branding there, David. And I'm happy to announce the winner. And the winner of the best branding is... F.D. Lee. Well done. Congratulations, F.D. Lee, winner of the inaugural best branding at the T.A.D.I. Awards. I'm getting, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting, our, uh, getting our podcast mixed up there, Rob. So F.D. Lee, best branding 2023. Why, Rob? Why? Oh, because if you go and have a look at the branding that F.D. Lee yeah. has done, for the Pathways Tree series of books. It's a fractured fairy tale uh, genre. So immediately if I told you that, you would think, I don't know, kind of like really rich colours, some kind of almost scribe-like fonts, um, some kind of sort of almost like goldy patterning and stuff like that. You go and look at these. I think the first book is based on sort of like a fractured Cinderella. And the branding for it is, it's almost like a twisted pumpkin, which obviously is a big thing in the Cinderella you know, story. Everyone knows that. But it's got all these gold vines coming off it that swoop around the cover. And all of them, like the colours, so the first one goes from like a really nice, because we're like a richy, rich blue to the next one's then like a, a purple with like a ice blue like vines around it then a really rich yeah. red all the font really ties in nicely the titles again as part of your branding you've got like the cascade the fairy's tale the academy they all scream that genre absolutely and i mean this branding this is the type of branding that would get you to stop scrolling and i think that is why fd lee is quite rightly the winner of best branding absolutely so yeah and it stands her her stuff stands with any publishing company who are branding um elite authors fd lee is up there with the best in the world at branding her books that's so congratulations fd we will move on to the second award rob which is for best website Mm -hmm. and the nominees are Carrie McGillan, Sally Rigby, Rob Radcliffe, and Dale Hurst. Uh-huh. And the winner of the Best Independent Author website goes to Carrie McGillan. Fantastic. Congratulations, Carrie. And Rob and I, again, this is a really tough category, Rob, but it's it's the cleanliness of Carrie's website that really won her through here. She's got her branding on it. She's got all those books on it. But it's the ease of use for the visitor to the website that really, really um, made Carrie stand out above the not just the rest of the nominees, but the whole long list um, at length. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's we said, you know, have a look at the nominees for their categories to see, you know, how things, you know, should be done. Like if, if you're struggling or you want to improve, 
If you look at Carrie's website, I was so envious. <laughs> yeah. When I saw Carrie McKinnon's website, I was like, it, it, it craps all over mine. And I thought yeah. mine was quite right. good. It's like I said, it's so crisp. It's so clean. Um, kind of links in with your branding. Her branding's really on point as well. But as a website goes, you can tell a self-made website and you can tell like a pristine website and hers is absolutely top-notch. Yeah, congratulations, Carrie. We're, we're really proud of the work you're doing uh, on behalf of, of Independent Author. So that's our second winner announced, Rob. Mm. You fancy moving on to the next category, Ferris? Yes. So this this was probably, I'd say, the hardest one to get a short list for, which yeah. is for the best cover which I think is a testament to the independent author community about how yeah. good was it getting now because you know long gone are the days when it was like someone's just built something on paint and you can tell yeah. that it took them 10 minutes like some of the covers we saw were just absolutely brilliant the fact that we got it down to four was probably the, the longest conversation we had to have yeah. um, so the four standout covers that we picked the four who were shortlisted were um jason aspley's second chance by adrian cousins stranded by rosalind tate college of shadows by mark wells and the lie she told by Catherine yaff and the winner of the best cover in the two independent author awards is mark wells with college of shadows um yeah. i mean we we did say this was a tough category but mark's cover this is striking rob it's it, it really is it's um it's such a stunning design it showcases the genre it does it does promise of a great gothic thriller alone mm. just in that cover but what I love about it is it, it, it also paints on the story's fascinating setting. We know where we are in this story and we know what the yeah. story is about. And when you and I talk extensively about covers that we have done over the year of this podcast, nail your genre. Let let your covers uh, be worthy of sitting alongside the elite authors in your genre. Um, yeah. it, it needs to fit in there and Marx absolutely nails it. Uh, that was what I wanted to add on. This is this is what tipped it onto Mark because the cover, like you say, the College of Shadows cover is absolutely stunning. Like it draws your eye, it makes you stop. It's a striking image. But when we always talk about understanding your genre, this is a book about kind of um, like wizardry, magic, like secret worlds, stuff like that. You look at this cover, it gives off harry potter vibes a bit like mm -hmm. it gives you that kind of feeling and it's all about you know a college of shadows it's in that kind of gothic like, magic realm and when you say you know make sure your cover sits alongside the elite the fact that it can give me that thought yeah i mean jk rowling's like the biggest author in the world and i look at this cover and i sort of think in that kind of book realm so it's an absolutely stunning cover and a worthy winner of the cover of the year award yeah absolutely well done mark a that's going to be the, the toughest award to win at these uh, annual awards mm. so mark uh, again we're very proud of you uh thanks so much for giving 
so much light to the independent um, author community. He's really a really nice guy, Mark, and we're very, very happy uh, that you've won this award with such an amazing cover. So please email whoever your cover artists are, Mark, yes. um, and, and let them know that uh, they have helped you win this award. Uh, well done. And I think that takes us to Best Blurb, Rob, yes. which is the fourth award before we announce our Independent Author of the Year. So Blurb was a very tough category to nail down because there's so many variables involved in a blurb but Rob and I over the month of November did get a shortlist of four and they are For All the World by Gene Granger The Man with One of Those Faces by Cueve MacDonald Stranded by Rosalind Tate and The Other Times of Caroline Tangent by Ivan D. Wainwright and the winner of the TIA Best Blurb 2023 goes to For All the World by Gene Granger. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, again, this was a, a hard one because there, there are books here that are in genres I don't read, right? And there are uh, books here in yeah. genres that you don't read. Mm-hmm. And we had to look at it from that kind of lens of, does it sell the genre? Does it draw the interest? Because I would always say the cover, which, you know, we just you know, went to wax lyrical about um, Mark Wells's cover a second ago. Mm-hmm. The cover will get people to stop and look at your book. The blurb is what will sell the book. Now, Gene Granger's book is a historical mystery, right? Um, and it's got a multiple per- point of view narrative. These are things that I don't read personally and i was blown away by this blurb for how much it said with how little it gave away if that makes sense yeah that's exactly it rob you and i read hundreds of blurbs for this category and we found that so many were well written but then overwritten where the the sale Mm. was just being pushed or you're explaining too much plot and a great blurb is all in the subtleties. And if you don't mind, I'm going to read out the best blurb of 2023 from the TIA. Yeah. So this is For All the World by Jean Granger. Dublin, Ireland and Valencia, Spain, 1917. Peter Cullen has no money and no prospects, but he has talent and the will to succeed. All he needs now is luck. Mary Gallagher is determined to make her own way in life, even if it means defying her parents' plans. Nick Garrity is ready to turn his back on his past and start anew, but his secrets might just catch up with him. And Ada Gonzalez, destitute and alone, discovers an unexpected lifeline in the midst of the carnage of World War One. Together, as the war to end all wars wipes out an entire generation, these four young people will take a chance to break free of society's shackles and forge a new future of glamour, glitter and grease paint. And that's it, Rob. So we're getting tease after tease Amen. after tease after tease. Do you want to mo- know more? Buy the fucking book. And that's what a great blurb will always do. Yeah, and that's, and that's it. That's why it won, because it's just expertly written and it, 
like you said, it gives you enough of a tease that, okay, there's a lot in this yeah. book and I want to read it. So For All the World by Gene Granger, a worthy winner of the 2023 Best Blurb. So, David, that's all four of our categories done. Four incredibly worthy winners and a big congratulations to yep. all four, four of them. Um, we do have one more award to give which is the inaugural Two Indie Authors Indie Author of the Year Award. Now, we could just mm-hmm. announce it. Or we could call the person, get them on the podcast and tell them oh. live. What do you think? I like that idea. I like it. Let's, let's do All right, it. Cool, let's do that. Let's do that. Two Indie Authors And now it's time to announce the TIA Independent Author of the Year. And the winner is... Percy Riley. What? Yeah, huge congratulations, Claire. We're so proud of you. Well done. (laughs) How are you, Claire? You little sneaks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god right okay hi but <laughs> <laughs> you probably let our listeners know david that um we didn't tell claire <laughs> this is why we were getting her on the call today so claire yeah congratulations claire you are right. our, uh, two indie authors first ever author of the year so congratulations thank you very much that's exciting yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit flabbergasted, didn't I? Didn't know that was happening at all. Yeah, well, huge congratulations yes. uh, from us, Claire. Uh, what, as I said, we're, we're so proud of you. But this was not an easy decision for Rob and I. I have to say we had 50 authors um, to choose from on, on our long list. And um, but, but really, why you stood out to us, Claire, was, yes, you get your branding right and your website yeah. is great and your um, book covers are all fantastic. So you, you really are, are great yeah. in all of the categories that we talk about here, but it's your innovation that really helped you stand out for us because whereas Rob and I, we, are, we, we use paid marketing to sort of um, really make our business businesses flourish, you are so innovative in how you market your books and it's particularly how you use Goodreads that has opened Rob's eyes and my eyes and we're, and we're really impressed by that. Yeah, do you, do you know what it is with Goodreads is you connect in directly with readers and I find, I meet a lot of new readers there that are interested in what I'm reading and then obviously they follow obviously my progress and different books that I have and, and it's hard, isn't it, because Facebook ads are obviously phenomenal Thank you very much, Rob. Um, <laughs> get onto that. We'll get onto that. Yeah, but it, it's it's one of those. It's um it's quite hard to communicate with you your readers on Facebook without advertising, and you, and it takes such a lot of effort to kind of get them to to comment on things and comment on your posts and and stuff like that. Whereas a fire the Goodreads is just like it. it's a direct IV line into readers' lives. Um, even like last night, uh, I mean, I'm currently listening to an audio book and um reading a paperback and a, but the last thing I do before I go to bed is I just update my reading progress and then I wake up this morning there's like you know different comments on what I've been reading and likes on my updates and stuff so I know that I'm you know people are still following the progress of it and it's it's just about that it's just like a different way of connecting with your readers. Uh, let's see I 
I'll, go to, I'll always point uh, people back. I think you was on the fifth or sixth episode of the podcast and you did the seven questions. And I always say there's a there's a point where you can pretty much hear both mine and David's minds like exploding when you talk about um, Goodreads. Now, you very kindly provided our listeners with a checklist of how you've approached Goodreads, which they can get on our website, which is twoindieauthors.co.uk. One thing I find um, incredible about it is like you are so consistent on that, but you post like updates on everything, don't you? You like um, just what you're reading, but also like progress on your other books and stuff like that. So, yeah, so anything that I'm currently writing, as soon as I start writing a new book, I make a page for it on Goodreads. And even if there's no blurb or anything like that, wow. usually once a week at least, I'll go on and either update my writing progress. So I'm at 25% or 30% or I'll put a line in like, oh my God, what's Nina done now? So that people of that series are like, oh my God, what has she done now? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just those little things that just connect with people. So. I mean, it's, it's, I always just find it so fascinating because my whole, until I think, I think until we had that conversation, Goodreads didn't register with me. It was one of those things, and you can listen to some of the prominent names in the indie author world, and none of them say Goodreads. No one points anyone towards Goodreads. Um, and I know like paying for stuff on Goodreads is usually just a way of burning money because they can do, I think they do promotions and stuff on there. At, at what point did you kind of get that connect where you're like, Oh, actually, no, this is starting to actually almost become your main source of marketing. Like, how did you build up that traction? Like, when did you see that starting to snowball? Because I'm a reader, so I use Goodreads. Mm. I find my books on there. So if I read a book by an author, then I'll go onto their page and I follow them and I see their what they're reading and what's on their bookshelves. And I was like, well, if I'm doing that as a reader surely other readers are going to do that for me as well um and yeah it, it was just it was it was one of those things that's really obvious but you don't really think about um and yeah and, and as soon as i started doing it like i said I, i'll have a an update on goodreads every single day whether it's what i'm reading what i'm writing or once a week i'll try and do like a blog post on there because again it goes out to everyone everyone sees it and the the, the good thing about goodreads i said before is every single thing you do leaves an imprint it comes up in someone's timeline somewhere so it's just it's just madness not to use it like facebook twitter anything like that everything's hidden do you know what i mean you, you reach i mean i've got something like five thousand followers but i only reach a really really small percentage of that if i just post a graphic on goodreads it goes on to like millions millions of people even people that don't follow me it'll go on to because it'll come up in someone else's hammer so if i post um i'm reading this book and one of my followers likes it, that shows up in their followers that they've liked the thing. And it, yeah, it's that whole pass it on thing. It just expands and expands and expands. It's, it's just, just without being rude, it's just common sense. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. yeah, of course it makes common sense. You know, I mean, it didn't make sense to me before we had you on the show yeah. and it all makes sense. So what you're, what you're essentially doing is, you are exposing yourself on a website mm -hmm. in which all readers are. You know, I use Facebook, but people aren't necessarily on Facebook to buy books or to talk about books, whereas as Goodreads are. And then 
as you say, and it's it's dropping in my brain the more and more you talk about it, how much common sense there is. So if you're commenting on someone else's post, their followers are seeing it, <laughs> your followers are seeing it. I mean, it's just, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then their followers will also see it. And so, like I said, it's, I mean, I was reading your book, wasn't it, Rob? <laughs> and yeah. uh, the first thing I did, I messaged him as soon as he sent me the book. It was like 24 hours later. And I was like, right, I'm reading the book. I can't find it on Goodreads. And he was like, I've not put it on Goodreads. And I was like, I want to update. I want to post that I'm reading this book. Oh. It goes towards my reading list at the end of the year but it shows up on my timeline. And then when I'm reading it, I'm going to put updates on and things like that. And then my readers are going to see that. And do you know what I mean? They're like, I'll fix it. <laughs> I mean, let's just, let's just be, be honest there. Is it Claire did, did say it's on there. She didn't say it as kindly as she just <laughs> no, <laughs> made it up. How, however, um, I'm going to post it, push it back um, to the checklist that you gave us. Um, and... I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I I did that for I'd say a good three months. I was really consistent with Goodreads, and you know I started to see more followers, and I started to see more people liking a blog post or and stuff like that. And then, just with a lot of things, I didn't keep it up. And I I I know for myself, it's something I want to work on in. 2024 because a lot of the stuff like when you talk about it is to kind of pass it on i always think of the scene in wayne's world when it's like can they tell two friends and they tell yeah. two friends and so on and so on and it grows it grows the ripple effect of it um so obviously you've given us this um this goodreads checklist sort of where to go what would be I'm not going to ask you to recite what's on the checklist because I know you did that to us a while ago. But what would be like if you had to give like a tip around Goodreads? Um, because it's such an innovator. You're the only person out of the 50 guests we spoke to who mentioned Goodreads. And by being like it, like you said, it's a, it's basically a library for people mm-hmm. in um, who love books. There's millions of people on there. The one thing I remember you opened my eyes to was you can post an update it's not about, oh, I'm reading a book. You can literally yeah. just post an update. So if you're a writer, you can say, I've just written another chapter or something along those lines. Yeah. So someone who might be sitting there listening who's thinking, oh, I've not even looked at Goodreads or I haven't even tried Goodreads, what would be your like key tip? Because in, in my mind, like, you're like almost like the, the voice on Goodreads. So what would be your key tip? <laughs> I, I would say the first thing you need to do is obviously claim your author profile. Mm-hmm. spend a morning slamming all your books on there every book that you've got put them on there um, and then obviously and obviously that, that's your first morning and then your second morning would be um, putting on your current work in progress and then you can start updating that daily um, and it's so I don't you probably notice I might not do a blog post every single week I try to but obviously life gets in the way but I update pretty much every single day something and it's literally i have the app on my phone and i'll be like oh i'm listening to this book update because it just keeps you relevant and it's 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 reaching those algorithms again isn't it um and making sure that you're seen and the more people interact the more you're showing to other people um spend a morning getting every single book that you've got on there updating it putting your dates on um you can even in your bio put your um links to amazon although they generally come up anyway um because it 
obviously Goodreads and Amazon are actually in partnership. So you can generally go straight from one to the other anyway. But always just, it's just readers are lazy, aren't they? So just make it as easy as possible for them. Make sure they don't have to search for anything. Even at the bottom of like, if it's a three book series at the end of the bio for the first one, put book two out now. At the end of book two, book three out now. At the end of book three, if there's there's a follow-on series, a follow-on series out now, just keep the reader interested. So I'd spend a a morning doing that. And then probably the second one is I would put up your current work in progress um, as if you're reading it, but obviously you're writing it. Um, And any books that you're reading at the time so that even if you haven't got time to go on and update your stuff you can update and put on this is what you're reading because because readers are interested i'm interested in my favorite readers i'm interested in what they're doing um you know and you'll have people that are interested in what you're reading what what you're enjoying um massive tip though don't ever negatively rate a book if you don't enjoy a book just don't rate it. Just put it into your red thing and just don't rate it at all. Never rate anything below four stars ever, 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 ever. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a negative review, just ignore it. If it's a positive review, like it. Even that simple thing of liking it will show up in someone's timeline. Yeah. Literally. Like, so I go through probably once a month and I'll go through on some of my popular books and I'll be like, okay, new review there, like that, thanks for the review. Or sometimes I'll just like it. And it all shows up in everyone's timelines. It's 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 fascinating how it works. It really is. Uh, but yeah, start off by claiming your profile, adding your books and then putting up your current in progress. It makes so much sense. So you're, you're essentially saying you just have to make yourself as accessible, you and you as an author and your books as accessible yeah. as possible through Goodreads. Yeah. And yeah. you talk about common sense. It, it, really, I'm more prominent on Facebook and we've got different authors more prominent on TikTok and Twitter. But Goodreads is a social media platform for readers only, whereas Facebook, you're being distracted by so many a multitude of different um, areas. But on Goodreads, they're just there for the books. And reading, and and you're yeah you're associating yourself with them, liaising with them. It makes so much sense that you would spend so much of your time on Goodreads. I I was I was telling my other friend about six months ago about Goodreads, and she was just like, oh, but I've heard such negative things, and you know you don't comment, you don't look, you don't go, don't even look at your bad reviews. Bad reviews, it literally. I I have a whole folder in my phone of like when people have negatively put a screenshot because I find it brilliant. Um, even on my app. Before I delete the comment, I screenshot it. I'm like, crack on. It just doesn't bother me. And you do develop that thick skin. Yeah. Goodreads is a really good place. It's the difference between going into Tesco, who sell books and, you know, clothes and meat and milk and going, I've got a book. Yeah. Oh, I want to buy this book. <laughs> or the library and going, does anyone here want to buy this book? Exactly. Yeah. The like audience is in Goodreads. Um, yeah, it's the the, the the incredible thing about it, is, and it's, it's where you kind of have to start. It's where you get like better at marketing and better at the business side of things. You understand with social media marketing, you're you're disrupting people. You're not, um, yeah, they're not they're looking for books necessarily on Facebook. So if you stick a Facebook ad, you're disrupting what they're on Facebook to do, which is to follow whoever they're following. Amazon ads slightly different. People are shopping on there, and you usually target books, so slightly different. Um, whereas people who are on Goodreads, yeah, they're actively engaging in the reader and the author community. That's so, literally what they're there for. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'd say, again, this is why, you know, Claire, congratulate you, you. You won the award for this year because you can, you can hear from David and me, like, we're, we're just fascinated by the concept because we're both like dying the wall Facebook ads people. Um, and you know, David, you just said it's common sense. It makes but, sense to be on good reason, be a prominent. Um, yeah, I'd like know, to. I'd like to. On I'd like to say at this point that, that, but what Claire just alluded to there, when I started about five years ago, I was warned against Goodreads. It's not mm. a place an author needs to be. Do not go in there. You're going to end up. You, you get. I get four point six stars on Amazon, but I get four point two on Goodreads. Do, do not go in there. Do not go near Goodreads. But <clears throat> it's it just again the word the word common sense. You want to be around readers. Yeah. You want your books being served to readers, and this is the place to be. And and it's that innovation, uh, uh, Claire, that that y- you have um, been selected above the other authors in this. But of course, your your business doesn't just centre around Goodreads, and and we've just given awards out over the past um, twenty minutes or so for authors with the best website, authors with the best branding. Um, so, but but you encompass all this in your author business. I mean, your branding is so on point. Your website is so clean. Um, it's it, I mean, You work really hard at, at your author business, don't you? You're just not, you're not spending the day on Goodreads. No, no. So I normally, first thing I do in the morning as I go on, I check obviously my Amazon, see what I've earned. Then I check my ads, make sure my CPC is at a decent rate. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, and then uh, I usually... I've, I've normally so at the moment I think I've got 52 posts scheduled on um, on my Facebook page to go oh. right up to January 4th that all scheduled so that if I don't have time to post because I still post like I think I posted like me drinking a coffee yesterday because I was like oh I'm there I'll, I'll post it yeah. but it just means it's not at the forefront <laughs> of my mind I don't have to panic over it. I'm still interacting with my readers constantly and that integrates straight over to um, Instagram as well um, and as you know I've got a Catherine Green profile, which is my traditionally published stuff. I scheduled all those posts as well, and they they integrate straight over to Instagram. So both profiles are set. I normally spend an hour once a month just scheduling everything. Then I'll write for a couple of hours, um, and then yeah, I do my my good reads during the day. Um, yeah, I don't I don't normally stop. But I mean, last night I think I was working till twelve because the publisher for. Catherine Green, they'd given us our edits back and they were like, yeah, we need these back by December 26th. Oh. I was like, really? Right now? (laughs) Really? We'll have to follow. I was like, right, okay. So obviously me and my writing partner, we just sat down and like, she went through her first and then I sat up till like midnight doing that and I was like, right, I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to read so I can update my Goodreads. (laughs) Nice. I mean, this is just... I mean, we will get you on in the new year to have a discussion about the collaboration because yeah. I think that's a fascinating topic and one that's come up a few times. Like you said there, you, you spoke about Facebook ads. You and I have spoken about Facebook ads over the year. And this was another reason I, um, that we said you are worthy of winning this award for what you've done this year is you've had all this success on Goodreads, but like I said it's not about standing still or just sticking to Goodreads. So you have... like kind of thrown yourself a bit into Facebook ads. I know this because you and I have had a number of discussions over them. Um, I so make that what, working. <laughs> make, make this work for me, Rob. Um, but what's the overall, because I, I think it's kind of almost like a newish sort of undertaking, the conversations we've had, how have you found kind of going in towards Facebook ads considering a lot of your success has been on this free platform, you know, 
designed for readers and now you're trying to like we said earlier disrupt people's day with your ads how's all that been for you expensive <laughs> yeah but profitable yeah it's um right my obviously i've got quite a few different series but i started out with my post-apocalyptic series my odium series um and that's got like a really good sort of almost a cult following um and that has just exploded this year completely exploded um i mean just on the first i think what did i write i think it was the first four books alone i've hit five million page reads wow amazing first four books on the audience series that's not included anything else and i'm like oh. and that is thanks to 100 percent to you know facebook because realistically that's the only thing I've changed this year. Um, I mean, well, I say it's the only thing I've changed. I think last year I got a little bit lazy with things, and that's one thing I will massively, massively take into sort of 2024 is it's really easy to become very complacent and just be like, well, I've put my book up and I've set my price, and there you go, off you go into the world, and, and I'll put a post up every now and then. Amazon, and I don't care what anyone says, Amazon changes stuff. So I've I've got screenshots. I've checked it. My price point on my dashboard has changed. It's changed multiple times throughout the year. From I mean, I started the year at my books were two ninety nine. They are now five ninety nine. Um, sometimes I'll go on. They'll be down. They'll be reduced to five seventy eight. Yeah, ninety nine. I'm like I've not changed that. That's on my dashboard. That has changed. Even things like the categories I'm in. I argued with Amazon about three months because they kept putting it in space marines and i'm like i don't know why you're putting it in space marines yeah <laughs> and they were like oh it's uh you get to choose the categories and i was like but i've not put in those categories i've not put in my keyword search and they were like oh it's that's how it the algorithms work with readers and i was like no one no reader is looking for putting in odium space marine book i was like because it's not a space marine book what are you talking about um I think I've managed to sort it. Touch wood. <laughs> I've had a similar one, Claire. I've had a similar one with my Jack Townsend book because I put it in Brit. I wanted to put it in British crime because it's set in in the UK. And there's, I think, there's British and Irish crime, and then there's English or Irish. And I selected British, and they're putting it in Irish. And I questioned them, saying, "I don't want it in Irish. It's not based in Ireland." And they're yeah. like, "Well, we. It, it's just been put in the category that it feels best to be put." And I was like. Put in the British one. Yeah, I had massive arguments with them. I was like, "It's literally your false advertising." I was like, "Because it's mm. not it's book." I was like, "But obviously, when they change throughout the year, so we could do three categories instead of two categories." Yeah, and obviously, you could email them and go, "Can you put it in this?" They put like refuse to do that now. That's oh not, really? Yeah, well, they will not yeah. help you whatsoever. Oh. So where you used to be able to, yeah, you know, your thing and you tag it along can you put mm-hmm. it in this category this is the you know the rhythm that you need to put it in they won't do it at all they will yeah. not help you you have your three categories that's all the help you get yeah it's yeah. a really good point it, it, not just with amazon in general terms but be, because we're running independent businesses um off these platforms we really have to expect them to innovate and change and evolve yeah. and so what was happening i mean what was happening last year this time last year for me is not happening for me this time Mm-hmm. 2023 so it, it is about evolving and change and staying on top yeah. of things and, and and really understanding that the internet and these platforms that we're using to run an author business are, are babies 
and they're yeah. only going to grow and change. So we, we really have to stay on top of that. I, Rob used to hate, Rob used to get irate with uh, people posting, other authors posting silly questions on Facebook, you know. But um, it, 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 I can understand it a little bit because what was happening in March might be happening in August and you have to innovate oh. and change. And <laughs> just, we, we really have to stay on top of it and you stay on top of it so perfectly well. You are the independent author of the year 2023, Claire, and be remiss of Rob and I to let you go without asking you what your highlight of this year is. Um, I think it was walking into Waterstones and seeing my book on the shelf. Oh, I love it. It's got, it's got, it's, um, I, I always wanted to be a hybrid author. I love being my own boss and setting my own schedule and doing my own writing thing. Working with a publisher is um, it's stressful, but it is really nice. Luckily, we've got a really, really good team with us. Um, and obviously, there's been teething issues, kind of similar to what you have when you're doing your own stuff, only you're arguing with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, without a doubt, it's got to be when I walked into Waterstones and I was like, oh, it's not going to be here. It's not going to be here. And then a lot of times I was like, oh my God, it's right there. And I was like in the middle of the shop going, don't cry, don't cry, oh my God. And then I took it to the till and I was like, this is really weird, but that's my book. Can I sign it? And they were like, yeah, and they stuck a sticker on it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Oh, wow. So, Congratulations. That's amazing. And that's with, how many books are you writing a year now, Claire, in terms, because you've got this hybrid, you've got this um, publishing deal. Yeah, business and your own independent author business. Yeah. So, are you knocking out a book every couple of months? No, no. Bob, no. Um, so I'm, I'm hybrid. Um, so because I do both sides, yeah. we've got a second book which was taken by the publisher, which comes out next November. So we're usually doing like one Catherine Green book a year. Um, this year I've only, I think I've released one book. No, two books. One, oh, really? one, one book and a novelette, basically, which is another tip, which I might save for another episode for you. Sure. Absolutely. Phenomenal tip, which is going to blow your mind. Oh, great. Um, oh. What I promises. I love it. Um, but, yeah, so I've literally released one book this year and uh, a little novelette, which is 8,000 words. That's it. And I've probably hit my best, best year in probably five years. Great. Well, I love that answer because there are so many authors who listen to this podcast that assume they have to be knocking a book out every 60 days in order to be successful at this career. And I'm like you, Claire. It can, it can, I haven't released any book this year or any novel. Um, I was taking a year out from that. But I, I, even at my best, I, I was knocking out three novels a year. I, I don't think it would go quicker than that. So it, I think it's always good for our listeners to hear that you don't really have to be um, writing 15,000 words a day in order to be a successful independent author. It's one of those I've done that. I've been there in 2000, um, I think it was 2019. I set my schedule in 2018 on what I want to do in 2019. I do it every year and I've got my schedule ready for next year and what I want to do. I've kind of felt like the aspiration of what I want to do and then I've got the kind of realistic what yeah. I'm actually going to do. <laughs> um, and then probably a little bit below, below that as well. <laughs> Um, but in, I set my schedule for 2019 and I basically had a release of some sort every single month. Right. Even if it was a short story, an anthology contribution, a full novel, a box set, an audio book. There was something every single month yeah. without fail. I was absolutely fucking knackered by the end of the year. And I can't say I saw any... It was steady. It was just steady all year. There right. was 
it didn't make any difference to and I was like I worked myself like a dog thinking this yeah. is yeah and, and it made no difference it yeah. was still spreading well, um like you just said though Claire is you know if that was 2019 and then you said you know this year with the one book and the one novelette but also you know fine-tuning your business and getting into like some advertising stuff like that you had a better year this year than the year that you did that yeah. So I don't like that. It, it kind of echoes David's point. Um, Claire, we could talk to you um, for hours. I find it fascinating to always go down, especially the Goodreads rabbit hole with you. I think it's amazing. <laughs> um, however, before we do let you go and celebrate uh, your award, um, you did just allude to the fact that you have your plans for next year. Um, just very briefly, what does 2024 hold for you? I've got the next book in my Odium series coming out in January. Um, and then the next book in my post-apocalyptic Red Eye series, which I write with um, another author again. That comes out, I think we're going to do that February, March. Um, then I'm hoping maybe one of my romance books, middle of the year. And then hopefully another Odium book by the end of the year. Um Odium 9's 99% written, so I'm basically just writing Red Eye and the, the other Odium book. And then I've got my Catherine Green book, which obviously releases November next year. Me and my writing partner for that series, well, that that pen name, um, we're hoping to start our third book, which is already drafted out. We've got all the plot and all the details and everything, so we're going to start that next year, and hopefully that'll be 2025. Because then that's it, isn't it? You've got to make sure you're looking not just next year, but you're planning for the year after. Um, and that's what we're trying to do, just uh, yeah, try and get ahead of everything. Absolutely. So, yeah. Wow. Well, that is definitely what a TIA Independent Order of the Year would do, planning well ahead. Claire C. Riley, we're so proud of you. Uh, thanks for leading, uh, being a leading light in this um, author business for us. Um, we're, we're following you. We're right on top of you. Um, we're looking forward to having you back in 2024. We, we have to have a Claire C. Riley takeover in 2024, <laughs> right? Hey, so I, th I think I, I stick my thumb in all the different pies, so uh, so to speak. So I'm a bit, yeah, there's, there's loads of stuff I can tell you. Lovely. Yeah. Well, we're, we're looking forward to it. Really are. Looking forward to having you back on in the new year. Um, ladies and gentlemen, your TIA Independent Author of the Year 2023, Claire C. Riley. Thank you very much. <laughs> Congrats. Lovely, Claire. Thanks a mil. Sorry to surprise you in the morning. Um... <laughs> to win the author. Well, a worthy winner, I think, David, um, to our first ever Indie Author of the Year Award. As of all of our winners of the awards today being, I think it's been a fascinating year, talking to some fascinating people. Yeah, really, really enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, congratulations again, Claire, and congratulations to FD and Carrie and Mark and, and Jane, our, our five winners of the very first independent author awards and um, it's been fun rob it has been really fun i look forward to doing it again uh next year and obviously another year's yeah. worth of of um guests 
who, you know, if you want to join in, if you want to be nominated for these awards or be in the running for them, uh, just fill in the form on our website, twoindieauthors.co.uk, um, or on our Facebook uh, page and our Facebook community. Um, you know, find us on there, fill out the form, and you could be on the show with us and then be in with the running for it. David. We have one show left um, of 2023 where we'll go into details of how this year has been for us professionally and personally. Uh, but before I do, before we do that next week, what does the next week have in store for you? You're off to Dublin, I think you said, didn't you? Yeah, I don't have much to say to you, unfortunately, professionally, because I'll be taking a week out. But yeah, um, I'm a dog. Uh, and my wife is from Birmingham, England. So we have two Christmases. We have one uh-huh. in each city. Um, so Dublin, we're heading home. I'm 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 heading to the airport now as soon as we finish this recording, and I will spend five or six days in Dublin celebrating with friends and family over there. So I won't have. Will I? I'm trying to think. No, I won't have any words on page before I I speak to you next week because I'll be coming home on the Wednesday, Robin, and you and I like to record on a Thursday. So I will perhaps on Wednesday evening. I will just get some ducks in order in terms of what the final week uh, of 2023 oh, yeah. will look like for me. But I don't I don't think I'll have much to share in the week that was, unless um, I'm talking about good times in Dublin. But um, have you much to do, Rob? So we, we've two more weeks, really, till we finish for Christmas. Have you got much on next week before we finish our final show? No, I mean, I'm, I'm finishing early for Christmas this year. Um, right. So I'm going to carry on doing my admin up until it's finished, which will probably be another couple of days. That's just, you know... Like I said, proofing books, organizing all my emails, sorting out any ads, sorting out any you know spreadsheets I need to um, fill up. Those types of things, pretty dull, pretty boring. But um, if I finish them within two days, if I finish them within four days, it just means I'll have a longer break over Christmas. But we do have one final show before then. Um, really looking forward to that show. So you know what, David? I will just speak to you then. Dum 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 d